The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Rob Stads Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? That's, I was wrong. You were right. The 49ers won. The Dallas Cowboys lost. Life sucks. Football is pointless. Life is meaningless, if we're being quite honest. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to come here today. I put it off as long as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. Cowboys are frauds. That's all I got. We're going to get into that. I want to talk just a little bit about it. Uh, Before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. And remember, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. So, so special. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. I want everybody to know. I have been a good friend and co-host to you. What is the first thing I said to you after the game? The first word I said to you after the game was what? Do you remember? I honestly don't. I've I've honestly been blacked out um, ever since the play after the fake punt. But um, <laughs> so everyone really knows. I'll even take it back further. Stats was like, it was actually sort of demeaning, I think. Stats was messaging me throughout the game on, on Slack and was like, you know, Jimmy's going to mess this up. Like, like, like stats was like trying to like encourage me. He was, he was, it was so sad and pathetic for as far as the Cowboys are concerned. He was like, no, like it's, it's really like the Niners. They they typically implode right here. Like, you know, this is where the Cowboys are going to come back. Don't worry, RJ, you got this. I am not twist the knife guy. I do not do that to people. I could have started this show and said, I told you so. I could have started this show and reminded you that I have been screaming that your coach is a potato all season long, but I didn't do that. I could have reminded you that the Cowboys generally disappoint in the playoffs, but I didn't do that. I could so, have re- look. All right. Obviously, this is supposed to be the look ahead. I don't know why I feel like we're violating you know protocol, talking about something that happened previously. There's other shows that are supposed to do that, whatever. Um, but I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this, at least according to my Twitter, um, which sucks. Um, but here's the thing. And I heard you say this on the oddcast, a phenomenal show. Some would incorrectly say the best show on the Espionation NFL show. Not even second place. It's Olympic time. It's the bronze medal show, for being honest. <laughs> um, 
I don't agree that Mike McCarthy was awful all season long. But hear me out. Like, that's what makes this so embarrassing. I do believe that there was marked improvement from Mike McCarthy, at least from last year to this year. And obviously, you know, there was Dak Prescott being healthy, et cetera, blah, blah. But like, there were things, there were objective data points to prove and suggest that the Cowboys were different under his reign than Jason Garrett. Low bar, I get it, but that was always the point. And so what makes this particularly disappointing is he regressed to that guy. And so, like, I, I disagree that, with the notion that this is who he was all season long, but he regressed to the head coach of the Packers in the 2014 NFC title game. Like, that's who he was. And what is particularly disappointing is that he has yet to fully take accountability for any of the whoops-a-daisies that the Cowboys made. That is why, you know, we love to say different things that are kind of like bits of life advice around here. Because let's be honest, that's, we're here to talk football, but we're here to help people live, right? Of course, ultimately. we solve problems. Um, we love to say multiple things can be true, which is a, a valid thing in life. Another valid thing in life, you can change your opinion on things as, as you learn, as more information becomes available. And that's what has happened. I have gone to bat for Mike McCarthy based on the evidence at the time. However, Sunday was so egregious. I'm out. I am. I'm out. I cannot be brought back on this. Put him in. We don't have a pit of misery here, but put him in the same boat as the Chargers where like the Chargers are going to have to go a long way to earn my trust back. I don't know that it's possible with Mike McCarthy because it would be one thing if he had come out this week and been like, you know, we were just unprepared, et cetera, blah, blah. But no, like the fact that he has defended all of the, the malicious football negativity that, that took place at AT&T Stadium. I can't endorse that for another year. The Cowboys are, are in a bad rut right now, and I don't know when they get out of it. I mean, for him to come out and double down on everything and blame Dak Prescott. Well, the call was good, but Dak got he ran for too many yards. I'm glad somebody's blaming him, though, because a lot of Cowboys fans are like, no, what's Dak supposed to do? The fish ran in him. He's supposed to know the rules. That's what he's supposed Here's to do. Here's the point. The point is the Cowboys pin their season on a play that had to go absolutely flawlessly to even give them a chance to attempt a Hail Mary at the end of the game. That's what Mike McCarthy doesn't get. He is a potato, RJ. Maybe he's better than Jason Garrett, but that's not the measuring stick. You sound like the people that say that the Niners should stick with Jimmy Garoppolo oh, because no, he's better gross. than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. Like, that is not how you measure this. He is the worst. As long as you have him as your head coach, you are not winning anything. You're not getting I, to an NFC title game, and you can forget the Super Bowl. I also disagree with, and I think you'll actually agree with me, um, you know, where Mike McCarthy is so misguided is in that, you know, their their thought process is like, man, you know, if if not for the officials, blah, blah, like our perfect play gets run and then we throw this helmet. No, 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 no. Like if not for the Trent Williams false start on fourth and in, in short, if right. not, I, I still don't know how that's not a first down from Debo Samuel. If, if not for the generous ruling on, on, on that, if not for, um, you know, you and BLG mentioned the, you know, George Kittle almost helped the Cowboys out with the, the almost fumble. But if not for the Jimmy Garoppolo miss of Brandon Ayuk, if not for the Jimmy Garoppolo interception, like there were all these things, that these these collapses from San Francisco that led to Dallas even having the opportunity to do this, you know, ridiculously stupid thing. And that's that's where like. And people do that, like in in sports and life, also. But like they look back and hindsight their way and say, if this one thing had gone differently, it's like no, no, no. Because like, what if one of the other things that benefited you went differently? Exactly. And that's what that's what the Cowboys are not doing. They're only wanting to live and die with whatever. And and they've done that for years, man. I used to say, you know, in 2015, 
they were trying to act as if they could pick up the ball where Dez caught it. And he caught it. Fine, whatever. But here's the thing. Like, the greatest moment in the last 25 years of Dallas Cowboys football is a moment that actually didn't literally happen. Like, Dez <laughs> caught it. And I'll, I'll go to my grave, like, saying that. But, like, yeah. as far as records are concerned, like, he did not. And that's, like, that's the thing for the Cowboys. But they built their team that way, as if they could just go right back there and be, you know, three minutes away from an NFC championship game. You can't. You have to climb it all over again. A lesson the 49ers learned last year. You, you have to do it every single year and i don't think that they have it in them yeah fine they'll win the nfc east because it's crap and the eagles are bad and the giants in washington are ultra bad and cool they'll go six and oh and you know dak will be 10 and oh against the giants in his last 10 games and all this meaningless stuff but like you know what stats i'm tired of nfc east championship caps i've got like nine of them over the course <laughs> of my adult life and they mean nothing like it's it's a it's a this is a much more I had an episode of my show that went out at Block of the Boys today. This is a different loss. This this is a much more cutting loss. And and the reason it is so is because they don't want to admit it. And that's the troubling thing for the future. Conan Corliss says McCarthy and the whole Cowboys organization are frauds, 100 percent right. I just two things for the Cowboys. And I just it just to me like epitomizes what they have been basically since the 90s, since their Super Bowl is they build this billion dollar stadium, right? And Dra they drag build them it for this. Drag them, please. east to west. And so, yeah, you get really amazing, gorgeous pictures during the games. Like the best football pictures I probably have ever they, seen. They did really. this on purpose. Like they wanted that. You know, but that's what they wanted. There's plays during the game where your players cannot see because the sun is coming into the stadium. Like football is never the first priority. And that comes right from your owner, Jerry Jones, because he is a businessman before he is a general manager. And that's what you get with the Dallas Cowboys. And the other thing that I remembered this week is remember when Mike McCarthy got the job and he's in his introductory press conference and he's like, yeah, I told Jerry, I went back and watched every single game from last year, but I really didn't, but I wanted the job. Like, there you go. I mean, broad city, man. I maintain like that. I'm not going to defend that quote, but like, I maintain that that was blown way out of proportion. But the problem with McCarthy is he doesn't understand. Like, that's something Look, Garrett was not a great coach. Let's be clear, but he was a great mind at understanding the corporateness of who being the Dallas Cowboys head coach is. He totally understood that. And you just cannot say things like that, even if they're true. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, I mean, it's not like Ron Burgundy in front of a teleprompter, but like, <laughs> you know, like at his postseason press conference, Mike McCarthy said, yeah, he's not going to watch any of the playoff games because he doesn't, you know, whenever his team's out. And that is fine. Like, I'm not saying you got to sit there and analyze and take notes, whatever. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it out loud he because like, take oh. notes. He friggin' should. And by the way, if he lied about that in the interview, RJ, what else did he lie about? That's the thing. This whole, oh, I'm Mr. Analytics guy now. I'm so smart. Now, clearly you aren't, Mike McCarthy. You're the same dude. And the fact that some people, and I can't believe you bought it, RJ, and I'm glad you are seeing the there, light. There was data to support it. And I maintain that. Again, it, like this isn't, but like, this is what happens. Like this blanket of truth gets applied to everything that may or may not be fair, but they had their opportunities to, to change that. They had their opportunities to change the narrative. And so it's on them. Like I'm, I might be able to sit here and say like, I don't think that's hundred percent fair, but they made this bed. They have to line it. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure at a certain, I love Dak Prescott. my favorite player in the NFL. I would love more than anything to see him ultimately get everything that he deserves as, as a player had a horrible moment, obviously in his post game presser, but 
I mean, Dak's going to have a moment where he comes out in the offseason and says, you know, we know the kind of guys we have in our locker room. We can do it, but blah, blah, blah. Dak Prescott, the $40 million quarterback this year, CeeDee Lamb, the first-round wide receiver who was taken ahead of Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, the big-time guy, awesome player, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The offensive line people love to rave about. They got the ball with two minutes and 42 seconds left and three timeouts, and they only were able to muster six plays, one of which only one gained positive yardage. They had it. They controlled their destiny, and they failed, and they don't want to admit that, and that's what's you know unfortunate about it. You mentioned that football is not the priority. It isn't. I mean, like the days after the game, it comes out. Cowboys was the the Cowboys Niners was the most viewed playoff game, most viewed wild card game in a thousand years or whatever. And yep. that's all it is, man. Like they and we are the meme. I mean, they're the only home team that lost. They're the only division winner that lost <laughs> in wild in the wild card round. Like the the most depressing and embarrassing thing can and will happen to them because. They invite those scenarios. They look, they thrive in that drama. And, you know, it's, I, I do believe that Mike McCarthy has tried to change some of that. I really do honestly and earnestly believe that. Okay. I mean, one small example, and I know we got to get to the division around here. Um, and I'm not saying that this makes him a great coach, but you've seen the the way the Cowboys enter at and Stadium. It's, it's like a, I mean, it's like a nightclub. Like, it's, it's awesome. crazy. I mean, I have it's, to say, it's really cool. <laughs> it's sick. But th this was a point that I heard Bob Stern bring up. You know Bob Stern very well from the ticket, the athletic. The Cowboys don't enter that way anymore. Mike McCarthy did alter that. They now enter through a side tunnel that has nothing, no glitz, no glamour, no window panes, no strobe lights or anything. And like, those are the small things. And I do, there, there are things like that, that he, where he has made it more, not Green Bay-like, but he has made it more about football. Because Mike McCarthy, if we're comparing him to Jerry Jones, and again, you know, that's not necessarily being a winner here, but he is much more about football than his bosses. And, and so... Even if Mike McCarthy were a great head coach, which I don't contend that he is, he is limited to your point by what Jerry Jones applies to that team, that stadium, that whole aura, the whole organization. Yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I have my issues with Jerry as a GM, but they do have talent on the roster. And Jerry said it after the game. You got to win with the amount of talent that we have. And I, agree I don't think with that. that I don't think you can say that anymore. Like the why why do they why can why do we say they have talent because we know their names you know what i mean like that, that's like man like i don't want to hear that anymore like i'm not telling you but like if they had talent like cd dude i mean i love cd but you know we used to sit here as cowboys fans the entire you know last 365 days and we would say man there's no way that justin jefferson is better than him he just he didn't have Dak his whole rookie year watch out cd's going off cd this cd that whatever cd was a huge disappointment this year and he is nowhere near the wide receiver that Justin Jefferson is. He had drops from game one. Remember, he had Dak had that pass over the middle to him in the third quarter that he tipped off and got intercepted. That happened the entire time. I mean, part of the problem in this game was he wasn't utilized, and Troy Aikman did call the Cowboys out for this, and good for him. But, I mean, CD is not Justin Jefferson. He, he's not like CD the god that everybody thought fell to the 17th overall pick. Amari is fine, but Amari has had his own issues this year. We don't have to relitigate those. And Dak, I mean, I... I maintain that Dak has been an elite quarterback before. It's certainly possible he can be one again, but was, there's no question he's not. I mean, he's he he's not in good man. He's in the good to very good category right now. You know, the the category you want to put, I don't know, Matthew Stafford, maybe Kyler Murray. I really don't know. Um, you know, but he's he's not in the same category as the Aaron Rodgers and Mahomeses and Josh Allen's and you know whatever. In fact, I I've said for the last year that if I had to build a franchise around one quarterback. 
it would the only three that I used to only take ahead of Dak were Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen. All these Cowboys fans in my mentions last year. How could you take Josh Allen? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm not happy to be proven right about that, but Josh Allen's a super freak, and Dak Prescott is a super disappointment. I know he apologized for what he said, but that is what is like shattering stats is since day one, Dak has always said and done the right thing. And that's an enormous amount of pressure to put on him. And maybe it's an unfair amount of pressure, but he's the leader. He's the franchise quarterback. He's the hundred gajillion million dollar man here. So like he, and he loves to say pressure is a privilege. The pressure got to him. And so if, if it can get to him, and that's why I'm so concerned about Mike McCarthy, Dak was never a player who would come out and blame officials and point fingers and blame anybody except for himself until Mike McCarthy started to do it. That became the company line the moment McCarthy did it in post-game press conferences. And now it has contaminated even the uncontaminatable Dak Prescott. Kudos to me for landing that word. Nice job by you. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the teams that are still in it. By the way, we always say if you take the time to leave a review, we'll take the time to read it. GOB Frog, five-star review, still listening through the postseason. Even if the boys are done this year, y'all's shows are terrific, and thanks. And he dropped a huzzah in there, which I appreciate. Again, That's a nod please, to me and my show, no big deal. Leave ratings and reviews. All right, let's talk about the real teams, the good teams, the teams that wait, are still wait, alive. Wait, 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 stats. All right, I went on my diatribe, but now I have to get a win. Right. Even though it kind of includes a loss. Um, all I would say all season long, but that would be a lie. Since week 13, how many weeks ago is that? Seven? Six, seven weeks ago? Sure. Right? Something like that. Since week 13 uh, is fine. Since week 13, Stats and I have been wagering on different games and keeping track of them. Whoever is the ultimate loser at the end of all of this, at the end of the Super Bowl, will make a donation to charity. Anytime we disagree on a line per our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, we write it down. We tabulate, et cetera, et cetera. Stats, we had four games on the line in the wild card round. We split them. Uh, you successfully took the Cincinnati Bengals. Referees stole that one from me. No big deal. Um, shout uh -huh. out to the whistle. Um, so congratulations to you. I correctly took the Buffalo Bills. I gave you four points and was not concerned about that. Uh, Terrible job sense. by me. Um, obviously, uh, you got the Niners over me. Uh, but I did take the Bucks as eight and a half point favorites, and I did land that. So through Wild Card Weekend, I have 15 correct picks. You have 12. There are seven games left. Oof. Not looking good for you. I got work to do. Uh, let's just get right into it now, and we'll start with the first game. Cincinnati traveling to Tennessee to take on the number one seeded Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by three and a half points in this one. And I just have no faith in the Titans. I, and maybe mm. I'm too influenced by last week. Mm. I am loving Joe Burrow. I love mm. the fact that Joe Burrow came out and he was like, look, I've played in big games before. I'm not getting rattled. And the thing I like the most is he said, quote, this is how it's going to be from here on out. He literally said, this is the standard. I love that he's setting the tone for the organization. I love that he gets that it's his job to do that as the quarterback and I am all in. I think I'm calling for the Bengals just a straight out upset in this one. I love Cincinnati. Look, I know that the, you know, the losers on the oddcast um, are all about Joe Burrow. You guys, not you, Stats, really your co-host. You guys are all about whatever direction the wind is blowing. The Chargers are awesome. We love the Chargers. The Chargers are our team. Justin Herbert, you know, wow, we got this. We're, we're great. You know, we're Chargers fans all the way. Chargers number one. 
Chargers are gone. All of a sudden, what do we do? What, do, what does the oddcast do? We look for someone else. We need another place to put our emotions. So all of a sudden, who are the biggest Bengals fans in the world? Not the fine folks over at Cincinnati Jungle. Rob Stats Guerrera and Brandon Lee God. Joe Burrow's awesome. All right, I'm not going to deny that. I love Joe Burrow. Love Jamar Chase. The whole, you know, remember when you and I were upset about his comments about the stripes on the Catching football? The ball, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, that was a big L for us. But, um, you know, you know what else the Bengals have? And you know this too, Zach Taylor. Like, that, like there is a ceiling on this Bengals team. Whereas the Titans, man, the Titans are so disrespected. And I will not stand for it. The Titans, you know, people act like they like tripped into the number one seater. Like everyone else around them tripped. The Titans earned this. They earned this. And they kind of, you talked about the Cowboys had to pull off the perfect play. They had to pull off the perfect situation to get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. And they did. Like they're here. Tell me the last time a number one seed had five losses. Like, don't tell me. Like, I mean, they did kind of stumble into it. The whole conference was down. So I I don't want to hear like, oh, I mean, this is a team. Did they not lose to the Jets this year? Sure. But they also beat the crap out of the Chiefs. Like, look, we love to gas up the Bills for how they beat the Chiefs. The Titans broke the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, the Titans, like, destroyed the Chiefs. I mean, you know, in a way, the Bills didn't. And so... Do the Titans have the sexiest offense in terms of quarterback play? No, although he did go to the finest institution of higher learning in the world, oh, you know, Texas A&M University. Uh, I mean, but they have, like, it. They Like, you know, that same, like, swag or whatever you want to give Joe Burrow, the whole Titans team has that. And I, I think we also don't put enough stock in, te- in like, the idea of avenging Um you know, I know, like, you're a big Marvel guy, a big Marvel guy, like, shout out to the Avengers. But, like, mm-hmm. the Titans had a really embarrassing playoff loss last year. And I think the Bengals, you've been saying it more than anybody all season long. They're a next-year team. And, like, they will be great next year. But they're in over their heads a little bit here. And there's something to that. There's something to, like, living in the blur. But I think the blur is just going to take over them this weekend. I will take the Titans easily. And I don't have a problem giving you three and a half points. Like this is, I don't know that I think Derrick Henry is going to come back and go like 200 yards or anything, but I just think the Titans are a better team. And I think Mike Vrabel is the best coach in, in terms of this matchup. I think if you looked at any of the, of the games this week and looked at the coaching matchups or the quarterback matchups, I think the largest gap is from Mike Vrabel to Zach Taylor. Hmm. That's interesting. I want to get back to something you said about the Bengals though. Cause I've talked about it, right? Like they're playing with house money this year, but I mm-hmm. do wonder does there come a point rj where your expectations change right like and what i mean is if you were at a casino if you went to a casino and all of a sudden you were playing the slots and boom you hit the jackpot you hit the million dollar jackpot so you are up a million bucks if you somehow kept playing and walked out of the casino with five hundred dollars like sure when you woke up that morning you would have taken five hundred dollars you know, on your trip to the casino, because that's a pretty good day. But it's when you're up a million, like the expectations change at that point. I, I would think that you have to walk out of there with, you know, more than that. So is that where we are with Cincinnati now where it's like, yeah, going into the year, you would have been thrilled to be here, but now you are here. And now maybe we do have to shift the expectations for them. Sure. I think that's fair. But I also think that they're like, like they haven't made a million dollars. Like that's, that's worth it. Like I think they're sitting on like 70 grand. You know what I mean? Like it's not a million dollars. And I think that that's evidenced by the fact that like, to be very clear, they, you know, the whistle thing was, I look, they, 
the ruling was wrong, but you know, that's a touchdown. Like, you know, so whatever, I don't think that affected the game, but I mean, even including that, like, even if you want to die on the, that touchdown shouldn't have counted Hill. I mean, it was still kind of a close game. Like, you know, the, the Raiders were in it at the very end. The Raiders are not a good team, you know, and, and the Bengals sort of struggled Joe Burrow didn't have his crazy week 16, 17 performance against them. And maybe that happens. Like, I mean, if there is one, you know, like kill shot that exists throughout the playoffs right now, it's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. And that can happen at any point. We know that. But I just really trust the Titans in an overall sense. I mean, they've been there. They've done that. This is a team that's been in the playoffs like a thousand years in a row at this point. Like, they're, yeah, but they're no longer they done. They've lost playoff games is what they've done they, i mean they they beat a one seed the last one seed in the afc to lose lost to the tennessee titans and that was the team that we thought was unstoppable in lamar jackson's mvp season in baltimore and so i mean i think there's something to that like this is so new for the Bengals, for you know zach taylor for joe burrow for jamar chase like it's all new and like that's great it'll be awesome again next year i just don't think it's enough for tennessee this is again like when Tennessee first made the playoffs, like when this run kind of started, remember when they lost the AFC title game themselves to Kansas City? I, I remember thinking, like, man, they'll they'll fade. Like, we won't ever see the Titans back in the playoffs. Like, this was this was a weird year. Like, Tannehill came in for Mariota, whatever. Like, you know, every everything will regress to the mean. It didn't. Like, they have hovered around for a long time. They deserve a lot of props. And so I'll take the Titans here. They've got a week's worth of rest. Everybody made, made such a big deal about how they, you know, kind of barely held on against the Texans. More was made about that than how the Bengals barely held on against the Raiders last week. Not that the Texans the Raiders are, better than are the Raiders. way better than the no, Texans. I, I know that. I mean, I'm, I'm making that point, but my point is like all teams struggle, and I don't. I think the Titans' struggles are exacerbated more. I mean, let's not forget the Titans lost to the Jets. So did the Bengals. <laughs> the Bengals. <laughs> I mean, you know. So, I mean, and that but was the, when we, when we thought Cincinnati was legit, and they let us down. So I will take the Titans here. I think that the the Bengals have won a million dollars. They didn't. They haven't won a playoff game, RJ, in thirty one years before last week. I mean, their big goal was now you can send a text message that says the Bengals won in the playoffs. Like that was the crowning achievement to me. You are up a million dollars at that point, but I don't know. I just, nothing scares me about Tennessee and you can talk all Derek Henry's coming back. Here's the deep, dark secret, RJ, their running game hasn't really suffered that much without Derrick Henry. He got hurt in week eight against the Colts, right? Here are the, the rushing totals for Tennessee since the Derrick Henry injury. 69 against the Rams, 66 against the Saints, 103 against the Texans, 270 against the Patriots, 102 against the Jags, 201 against the Steelers, 90 against the 49ers, 198 against the Dolphins, and 124 against the Texans. So here's the thing. They've been just fine without Derrick Henry. So I don't know that his return is going to be like this huge, giant boost. Not saying he's not a good player. He clearly is. But they've been doing okay without him. And I don't know. I, I kind of like the swagger of the Bengals. The Tennessee Titans have no swagger to me whatsoever. And I think I, I feel good about Cincy. The Titans, uh, not to brag here, follow me on Twitter. I'm going down with my boys. How Let's is that go. not a brag? I just think it's cool. I mean, you just because you well, say it's not a brag doesn't mean you're not bragging. We are friends, me and the Titans. So um, I will take them. This is, by the way, maybe the grossest helmet slash uniform matchup oh, you yeah. could conjure up in yep. like an Agreed. NFL playoff game. Um like especially the helmets. Like the uniforms are gross enough, but like the like the set 
for this game will look disgusting. Like where they have the, the helmets on the bottom. You know what I mean? Like I am not about this in any way, shape or form, but I still think the Titans win very easily. I miss the white Titans helmet. Yeah, me too. Like you go back and look at the Niners cowboy. Like those photos are gorgeous. Those two well, because they have this, they have the awesome sun. In- well, that's true. But like the, <laughs> the teams just look good on TV. Like the Titans and Bengals don't even look like they're pro teams. That's how bad the jerseys are. All right, right. Let's move on to the other. Hang on, stats. sorry, stats. One last thing. Do you know who the Bengals' last playoff win was before? Was against before they beat the Raiders last week? No, I should know this, but I don't. Do you want to guess? I'm talking just the team that they had the last playoff right. game they won before last week. Who is that it the Raiders? Was against? It wasn't the Raiders. So oh, I'll no. give you that one clue. Uh, no, I don't know who it is. Then it was their opponent this week. It was the Houston Oilers. Oilers, God, the Oilers, a team that doesn't <laughs> even exist anymore. All right, but it does. This is revenge for the Oilers. Oh God! All right, here we go. NFC matchup: My 49ers going to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Packers are six point favorites in this one rj let's get into it and and don't be biased and mad at my 49ers because they whooped up on your cowboys last week stats i'm not biased i'm not mad i'm not upset you expose the frauds i'm always grateful whenever frauds are exposed i'm hurt in this case but i'm grateful here's the thing though all right and i'm looking at everything through my own personal lens it would be so on brand for the cowboys for the team that just went to mike mccarthy's house and destroyed him to then immediately go and play the team that fired him (laughs) and has since improved galactically in every sense to then get blown out. Like that would, that has to happen. Like it really, you know what I mean? And it would be the, the Packers have gone to three straight NFC championship games since firing Mike McCarthy. Like if, I mean, it will have to happen. Now here's the thing I will say. I like the theme of this episode, by the way, stats is that we're, we're kind of hitting like, Things that are underrated, things people don't put a lot of stock into. Something that's cut from that same sort of cloth. The Niners own the Packers in the playoffs. I don't think this gets said often enough, and I'm I'm here to say it for you, my king. All right, the Niners. You mentioned this on the podcast. They beat Aaron Rodgers twice with Colin Kaepernick. You only mentioned the one at Lambeau Field. They beat him. It was I think that was still a Candlestick, right? That was before Levi's. Yeah. Um, so they beat him at Candlestick. The next year they went when it was like oh. five degrees. And Kaepernick went sleeveless and had the tattoos shown and everything. Remember when, when yep. Madden had the tattoos? It was awesome. Um, <laughs> and, and then um, beat him in the NFC Championship game two years ago. And you know Smashed what? Like the, the one NFL, like we hear all these tropes all the time. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. You know, Antonio Gates played basketball. The one that has yet to ever truly like be conquered is that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. All they have done every time that is a story is whoop up on him and beat him. And, and so like, I honestly kind of believe that that's the one he wants the most like that. That's his most precious, you know, win to pick up. Cause he needs that. He needs to prove to them. You messed up. Cause we know that that's what Aaron Rodgers needs. He needs that like vindication over everyone. Uh, shout out to vindicated by dashboard confessional, of course. So there's a lot of narrative going into this game, but man, I have such a hard time picking the Niners. I'm sorry, Stats. Because they should have lost. They should they, they almost blew that game to the fraud Cowboys. And so that concerns me. That's what everybody jumped on me for. After the game, I said the 49ers played poorly, and Joe Staley decided to quote tweet me and body slam me. And so everybody thinks that they have this big W over me. Here's the thing. The Niners did play poorly last week. And if they mm-hmm. play the same way this week, they're going to get trounced. The Niners committed nine penalties in that game. Nobody notices because the Cowboys committed 14. 
The Niners committed nine themselves. They couldn't execute a simple quarterback sneak at the end of the game to ice it. They couldn't hit a wide-open Brandon Ayuk in the third quarter, which would have iced much of the fourth quarter in that game. Like, they gacked it up in big spots they have they fall, to play they fall started like that there's not enough big like not big of not enough of a big deal not big enough of a deal made about that false start on fourth and inches you have the opportunity to end that game it wasn't a false start on trent williams it was jimmy garoppolo not waiting till his damn lineman was set it was an whatever like gift. penalize the team i mean that's all i'm saying right. like like the fact that you as a team like forfeited the opportunity to completely end the playoff game and you gave life, however microscopic life that is, but you still gave life to yep. lose a playoff game. That is so concerning to me. I, well, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan caved a little bit in that game. He did. Look, he was brilliant early on, but he caved. You talk about the sliver of life they gave the Cowboys. That's exactly what the Packers had against the 49ers in week three. Rodgers got the off. ball back with 36 seconds left and no timeouts and just completed two passes and they kicked the game winning field goal. So you, Clearly cannot do that against the Green Bay Packers, but I totally agree with you, and I had it written down in my notes. Aaron Rodgers said the history does not provide extra motivation, but that's garbage. Totally wrong. He knows he's 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. He knows it's the team that said, no, we don't want to draft you. There is no way I buy for a second that he doesn't want to stick it to the 49ers, especially after what happened in 2019 when they didn't just beat them, RJ. They embarrassed them. That game was 27 to nothing at halftime. Raheem Mostert had 160 yards rushing at halftime. It was the most by anybody in a playoff game in 60 years. They took their soul in that game. Rodgers definitely is aware of it. He clearly, clearly, clearly wants to win. But I will say this. There is a path to victory for the 49ers in this game. I mean, you can't deny it. I can give you a game script that's very believable that shows the 49ers can win this game. Can I not? Do you admit it? You can. And again, this proves how fraudulent my Cowboys are because the game script to me would include like Nick Bosa goes off, Fred Warner goes off, and those are question marks, right? And again, like the drive I talked about with Dallas, like 242 left, three timeouts, came without those two players on the field. Frauds, man. Oh, God, ultimate fraud. Anyway, so like I feel for the Niners in that, they they've lost I feel like they've lost their wind you know what I mean like going into this in that sense and sure I mean maybe Debo can go off but like dude I mean that that can work against an inferior team like the Cowboys but you're going up against Thanos I mean like you gotta have the plan of all plans to go back in time with the little you know trick things the Avengers had and everything like I don't know that there's enough juice for San Francisco to pull this off, except for a juice. Oh, I himself. think there absolutely is. And Tell it, me your plan. It's a similar game plan to what we saw in 2019, right? You have to be able to just grind it out on the ground. But here's the thing. Coming into that week three game earlier this year, Debo Samuel had two carries for eight yards. Like, they were not using him the way that they are using him now. It's totally, completely different. So it's not the same 49ers offense and – what I think is important, too, is the Niners' rush defense has gotten way, way better since that Week 3 game. They've moved Eric Armstead to the inside. In that Week 3 game, the Packers ran for 100 yards, and they averaged four yards a carry. They used the run game to keep ahead of the chains and keep the game script in their favor, which obviously I think was massive because the Niners' whole game plan is to get you into second and third and long, drop seven guys into coverage, and get pressure with their defensive line. They couldn't do that against the Packers in week three. 
I think this, the Niners can absolutely win this game on the ground. And I think the cold temperature actually favors San Francisco, RJ, because of how physical the Niners are. By the time the fourth quarter comes around, I don't think those dudes are going to want to tackle the Niners. I really, really don't. You know, like you in the cold, physical impacts hurt more. It hurts harder to catch the ball and it's harder to deal with getting smacked in the face. And that's the one thing the 49ers do better than almost any team in football, including your Dallas Cowboys, when big bad Micah Parsons talked about how he was from Harrisburg and he was going to bully the bully. And guess what? Brandon Ayuk blocked him out of the club on the first drive for the 49ers. So I don't even want to hear about that. There are a lot of Cowboys worth dragging. Micah's not one of them. All right, let's focus on the the true front. He did have a good game, actually. But the Niners can out-physical the Packers in this game, and that's their path to victory. All right, look, stats. I'm be real with you. All right, it is so sad that like I feel no passion towards rooting against the 49ers in the playoffs. Like because wow. Like, well, I mean no, but like because like it, it used to be like like in Super Bowl uh, 47, we've talked about the game a million times. Like it was like they can't get to six, they can't get to six, they can't get to six, and it's like man, Pittsburgh already got six, and New England got six. Like everybody, everybody's, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. you had your, you've had your chance, Cowboys. You've blown a quarter century to get your sixth. You know what I mean? Like who cares at this point if San Francisco joins that club? I want, I don't want the reality I, I just crafted, where like Aaron Rodgers gets to laugh again about Mike McCarthy, and like everyone gets to laugh again about Mike McCarthy. I'm already dealing with enough crap as it is. If it isn't obvious, I've, I've been on six thousand podcasts this week and had to roast the Cowboys on each and every one of them. Sort of enjoyed <laughs> it, but I mean. I want the 49ers to win this game, partly yeah. for you. Okay. I'm rooting. All right. I'm rooting for that. I'm not picking them. I can't, dude. Aaron, like, I actually want to amend something I said. Or, if, or I said, if you took all of the head coaches and all of the quarterback matchups, the head coach and quarterback matchups throughout, so like that's what eight different matchups throughout these four games, um, what would the largest gap be? It's Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I, I'm honestly, I forget. Aaron was your number one quarterback in the playoffs on the oddcast yes. this week. Yep. And and Jimmy was your your was last. Was last. I mean, so I I will I mean And do you it, think I was wrong in that? I mean No, I think you're hundred percent right. But it <laughs> but I, I think that Zach Taylor might be the worst coach too to that point. You know what I mean? Like he's so, the Jimmy Garoppolo of coaches. I mean, here's the thing. People, you know, might want to praise Kyle Shanahan, you know, because he's had a great year this year or whatever, but like all Matt LaFleur has done since he's become head coach of the Packers is win thirteen games every single year. Like I don't and make the NFC championship about- game. Right. Like, do people not talk about that enough? Dude, like, I don't think he gets enough praise. He's got he, 39 wins already in three years. He's only ever brought up when people like and that's going around right now. Um, the old Washington staff that had him, Kyle and, and Sean McVay. McVay on it. like that's the only time he's ever, ever mentioned. No, I've, I've said. And again, this sucks. Like, I don't enjoy this, people. But he's coach of the year. Like, I don't know how he is it after navigating all of the Roger stuff, like pick your pick your Roger story. Like he has held that team together with and and Devonte, like it, like his best like offensive skill player, sided with the quarterback who hated the team, and he managed <laughs> to navigate the like you know tumultuous relationship between them and Gutekunst, and like still win thirteen games, be the one seed. I'm taking them. I'm really sorry. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I'm taking the Packers. Two more things I want to say about this game really quick. One, I think LaFleur definitely wants to beat his old boss in Kyle Shanahan for sure. And the other thing is this. Kyle has done it consistently in his career, and you saw it last week against the Cowboys, RJ. There are times when he should be aggressive and he puckers up and he gets conservative. Well, 
based on what happened to LaFleur last year in the NFC title game against the Buccaneers, there is no chance that he's going to turtle up again. If it's fourth and short in the red zone, if it's fourth and short anywhere, he is not going to be conservative. He's going to let Aaron Rodgers handle it. And sometimes these playoff games come down to those types of decisions. Kyle Shanahan consistently, in my opinion, makes the wrong decision in those circumstances. And there's no way Matt LaFleur is going to make the same mistake twice. And I think that does give the Packers an edge. I actually, on the Niners Nation podcast, I took the Packers to win this game. The spread, it's a lot of points because I don't think the Niners are going to get blown out, even if you think they're going to lose. So do you think the Packers are going to win by more than six? I could see it being like Green Bay's up four, you know, has the ball with, you know, a minute 12 left and San Francisco has to make a stop. And there's just like this last score, you know what I mean? That, that covers, like I could see that happening. I wouldn't say easily, but like that, I could, I can see that in my mind, especially because you're right. Like this, this is, this is Matt LaFleur's like, all right, you know, we're not like, don't even warm up punter. You know what I mean? Like, just like this, <laughs> like, this is it. Because like, this is, we said last week, we talked about Steve Young's, we showed up to training camp in 1994 to beat the Cowboys in the NFC championship game. This isn't like about the 49ers for the Packers, but like ev- everything has been about this moment. It has never been about what can you do in the regular season? It has always been about what can you do when the playoffs start? So like in many ways, this is the like, the first opportunity to see the Packers, if that makes sense. Is it like, you know what I mean? Like, so I really fully expect something special. Um, I, I'm, I just, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they blow them out. I would hate that for you. I really would, but I just, again, it would, it would fit the McCarthy narrative that overrules my life. All right. Well, I'm going to take the, Oh man, I think I'm going to take, remember the you are down the- three games. So you need some help. I'm going to take the Niners and the points. I do think the Packers are going to win, but I think the 49ers are going to keep it close. There's also the path for them to get blown out is if Jimmy G just Jimmy G's and now he's got a banged up shoulder and a banged up thumb. And so who knows? But I think Kyle's going to keep that out of his hands as much as possible. So it'll be close. Uh, I do think the Packers are going to win. All right. Those are the Saturday games. We still have two more games to get to. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into Rams, Bucks and Bill's Chiefs. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, RJ. Two more games to go. Rams, Buccaneers, and I got to say, I think the network executives are praying to every deity that there is that the NFC Championship game is Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady in this one. Is that fair? Again? Even though we already got it? Like, you know, you want it again? Yeah, as opposed to the crappy Jimmy Garoppolo-led 49ers and, you know, the Rams, which we've already seen. Like, I don't know. I think they're begging for Rodgers Brady. Um, by the, You say deity? Isn't it deity? No, it's deity. Are you sure? Read a book. Books don't have pronunciations in them. Like, they don't have, like, phonetic spellings. Always, a dictionary so. is a book. It has phonetic spelling. You read the dictionary. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of boring, if I'm being honest. Like, we've already seen that, you know? Like, I used to feel like, man, we never saw a Breeze-Brady Super Bowl. Like, I, f- so I felt what's that your, way. what's your ideal NFC title game quarterback I mean, matchup? that's it. Like, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it, it doesn't have the, like, pop that it did last year to me. You know what I mean? That's all. All right. And so, um, but it would be cool. And, I like, dude, I, I, I just... The Cardinals are frauds. They and the Cowboys are the biggest frauds. I, a lot of people are frauds. The Broncos are frauds. The Chargers are frauds. The, the Cardinals are frauds. The Cowboys are king of the frauds. The Cowboys sit atop fraud mountain in their throne of fraudom. But um, the Cardinals are frauds too. And the Rams, like, I am not impressed that you like beat up on the Cardinals. So I'm okay, sorry. that's what I wanted to ask you. That like, how much of that game do you believe? Do you buy into? None. And like, all that is is going to be, well, Matthew Stafford has a playoff one now. That's all it is. That's the, all, like, that's the only box it checks for me. And it's like, it's kind of hollow in that sense. Um, and so I just, I like, this could be the biggest blowout of the week for me. Like, I, I think the Bucks are just so much better. And I think you said, I, I cannot believe that you think so lowly of Tom Brady uh, as a playoff quarterback this year. Dude, he, I mean, I said that Aaron Rodgers is Thanos. I mean, dude, Tom Brady is Thanos and um like i don't know like lex luther and you know actually i was actually gonna bring this up on the, i meant to tell you this this is all off topic i think jimmy garoppolo is krang from ninja turtles you know who i'm talking about krang the dude the brain and the person suit but he's the he's the person and and kyle <laughs> is the brain <laughs> that, that's all he is oh, that's uh, pretty good but, uh anyway uh so yeah man i just I mean, I know, like, whatever, they're down this, they're down that. Bruce Arians is throwing punches at his own players. Like, man, I, I'm so down on Bruce Arians. I was never up, to be clear. Like, that is one of my takes that has aged very well. Uh, I don't have a lot of them right now. But right, the Bucks when you just ragged on him and then he won the Super Bowl immediately after that? Is that the again, take you're referring to that aged well? I, uh, I, look, I said what I said. People could check the tape. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just believe in Tom Brady. I will take Tom Brady a thousand times out of a thousand. He has two playoff wins over the Rams in his career. Both of them are in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's beaten Sean McVay in a playoff game. Like, I just, I, Sean McVay's a coward. Like, you mentioned that this, like, playoffs come down to, like, moments of aggression and whatnot. And in those moments, you did mention that about Tom Brady. Like, he is Jordan. He is, like, I want the ball. And, and to Tom Brady, it's not like this could happen. It is a decision. It is this is going to happen. I am going to hit. Gronk or Fournette or whoever for the game-winning touchdown, and then Sean McVay will fall all over himself, and he'll have another press conference, and he'll explain it away, and he'll put the blame on somebody else, and then he'll have, you know, 10 more podcasts in the offseason where he'll be funny and whatever and charming, and everyone will forget about it because he's the NFL's golden child. Bucks. Uh, Yeah, I kind of agree that McVay really frightens me in a chance to be aggressive because he never, ever takes that spot. Now, I think it's interesting, you know, Matt Stafford got a playoff win last week when he threw 17 passes, which I believe is the fewest pass attempts he's had in his career in a game that he started and finished. And it kind of like Garoppolo in blue and gold. That's all he is. It, I did say he Garoppoloed his way to a playoff win. It, it, it makes me wonder if maybe Sean McVay has lost a little bit of that faith that he had in Matt Stafford. You know, when he traded for him, it was now we've got our guy. We can let him chuck it all over the place. But Stafford has turned the ball over towards the or down the stretch of this season. He's turned it over repeatedly. I believe he led the NFL in pick sixes. And I almost wonder if maybe McVay, who, like you said, has a tendency to be conservative, has sort of dialed himself back a little bit and maybe doesn't have the confidence in in Matt Stafford that he did earlier this year. I think that's really well said. 
I mean, dude, like, and like we talked about the the Packers this way, but like, and they ended the Rams season last year. This has been about this moment, Rams. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, nobody ever doubted you were good enough to to go win a. You didn't need to trade for Von Miller and sign Odell to prove that you that you were that good to us. You know what I mean? But this has been: can you do it again? Can you get back to another uh, NFC Championship? Get, get back to a Super Bowl? Win the Super Bowl? This is this is the one year anniversary of that, right? Like, I mean, I know not literally because of the extra week, but still, this is the the weekend where. McVeigh kind of trashed golf in his postgame press conference again, and that will happen again. He will put the blame on somebody else because he won't put it on himself. And like I said, he'll talk about it on a podcast or a radio hit or somewhere, uh, HBO special, an NFL Films production. Who knows? He's in a lot of these things. So, like, I don't believe in Sean McVeigh in this moment. And when it comes to elite versus elite, he isn't one of those. And uh, Tom Brady is enough for all of them. How about this? Speaking of elite, how about this elite move by Tom Brady? Doing the podcast with Jim Gray, getting all the officials' ears perked up, talking about how oh, I don't get any special treatment when it comes to roughing the passer call. He's doing that because he wants a couple of those, and I guarantee you there will be at least – I bet the over-under on roughing the passer calls on Tom Brady is one and a half, and I'm taking the over. I was going to say one and a half. I will also take the over. No, and it's not a coincidence that it was this week, you know, just because it's the, the division round. It's because it's Aaron Donald. That's why. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is not a dummy. And and that's the thing, man. Like all these things we talk about, like if you're if you want to be elite, you got to think about these things. That's the one dude in this game that will think of all of them and take care of all of them. And Sean McVay won't, man. I trust Tom Brady. I'm not going anywhere near the Rams. Like, like I said, th- I will actually say on record, this will be the widest margin of victory across the four games. I do also think that McVay is very aware of his like the criticisms of him. And the example I give is we had him on pro football talk when I used to work at NBC and it was after the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think it was Chris Sims or I think it was Chris Sims referred to him as the boy wonder and McVeigh to his credit said, boy wonder more like boy blunder. And ha ha ha. We had a big laugh, but here's the thing. He's aware of that. That's what people are saying about him. So in a big spot, if, if adversity starts to strike, I almost wonder if he, he sort of gets in the quicksand a little bit and it's like, Oh no, here we go again. I'm going to be the boy blunder. More criticism is going to come down on me. I just, I don't know. I think that that's in his head a little bit. I'm going to take the bucks and I will give the points. I think it's in his head a lot. And I, I guarantee you he's got a burner Twitter account. I guarantee <laughs> you. No, for real. Like, And I guarantee you he's got a list of like when I'm on PFT, I got to tell, you know, Florio, I got to make this joke when I'm on, uh, you know, I would Trey not Wing- be stunned at all if that when happened. I, when I'm I on agree. with Trey, Trey Wingo's show, I got a reference what Trey said about me. When I'm on Good Morning Football, I got to make that joke about what Schrager said about me. Like, you know, like he has all his things. And that's why, like, nobody kills him because he's so buddy, buddy, chum, chummy, you know, with everybody. Well, because- he also wins a lot of games. I know, but but he also he also loses really big moments because he is a coward and nobody will touch those things because, you know, he's a cool dude. He's, you know, whatever. But let's go Bucks. It's the first game we agree on. Yes. Shout out to you. All right. So we have the Bucks moving on to the NFC title game and the last game and maybe my favorite game. I mean, I'm so excited for this game is the Bills going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. How could you like? Could we have a better quarterback matchup in the AFC than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? No, I mean I, we've talked about it a lot in the last week and a half. But Steve Young's quote: "We showed up to training camp in 1994 
to beat the Dallas Cowboys, not beat them, to beat them in the NFC Championship game. All right, this is a little bit different. It's not the AFC title game, so have you know work it with me here. It kind of is. It, I mean, no, it's it's the de facto. But so, but you get my point. Like it, it, it worked out for Steve Young that it wound up actually being that game. But right. the, like for the Bills, it has been all. Man, I think it is the sickest thing. Like one of my favorite sports photos in recent memory is Stephon Diggs watching the the Chiefs celebrate winning the AFC last year. That has been what this has been about. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan. The 2014 title was so sweet because they showed up to camp that year to beat the Heat in the finals. The, for, for no other reason, like a victory over over the Celtics or the Pacers or whatever would not have been as satisfactory as, as dethroning the team that beat them the year before. And I, I think the Bills are out for blood in that sense. I think Josh Allen's out for blood. I think Stephon Diggs is out for blood. I think this is going to be like a master class of defensive coaching from Sean McDermott. You've said this. I've said this. I don't think he gets enough credit, like generally speaking. He is so awesome. He, he is and, – and like people also don't give credit to – he comes from the Jim Johnson tree. Like we talk so much about like trees of coaches and whatever. That's where, you know, Sean McDermott comes from. And so, man, I am taking the Bills. I want to be the first person to say that. Ooh. I am so, so in on this. Like I – I've been again, you know, my my guys on the podcast here, you know, they jump around Chargers, Bengals, whatever. Nah, I've been a Bills dude from day one of the SB Nation NFL show. That's been my AFC team. Ride or die. Let's go. Circling the wagons. Josh Allen, go off. Do it again. Josh Allen might not be the most important player here, though. Devin Singletary has been such an important part of what they've been doing lately. And man, I'm just I don't know how you don't pick the Bills. I really don't. I don't think people I think people are like, oh, Josh Allen was really good last week. Like no, he was perfect. That was a perfect game. No punts, no field goals, no turnovers, touchdowns on every single drive until the kneel downs. I don't think they had any negative plays other than the kneel downs. Like that is a perfect game. That is exactly what every coach hopes their mobile quarterback turns into. That is the level that Josh Allen is playing at right now. And and he's going up against the guy. I've said this many times. I said this after the first round of playoff games. The, the playoff games to me were all about having a quarterback that can go God mode. If you don't have one, you can't win a Super Bowl. I'm convinced of that. And guess what? We saw all these quarterbacks go God mode. And the only thing that can stop that, the only way to fight against that is if you have one of your own. And this is the epitome of that in this game between Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think this is going to be an all-time playoff game. I think it's going to be an instant classic. And the other interesting thing about it is that both of these quarterbacks have a little self-destruct mechanism in them, right? Like we've seen Josh Allen do some weird stuff with the ball, put it in harm's way in playoff games. Mahomes' big bugaboo this year has been turnovers with the Chiefs. So this is going to be, I think it's going to be a wild game. And I do think that the winner of this game is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Bring it. I mean, I, I'm so pumped. I'm so glad this is the last game. Um, I'm glad this has like the AFC like flair of Nance and Romo and Tracy Wolfson. Um, this just this has it all. And like, I, I mean, what what was the last big game of the season? Like the last game you were hyped for that delivered this year? Like in general, like name a game. Well, I was hyped for Niners Rams in week 18. OK, so. Not that. That's not an eligible choice. <laughs> like, uh, Why not? But I, I mean, like, just work with me here. Like, like I think a lot of people, as an example, I was not, but were hyped for Cowboys Chiefs, right? They were like, this could be the Super Bowl preview, but again, because mm-hmm. nobody, nobody really knew the Cowboys were frauds. And it was like such a letdown. <laughs> um, you know, 
we haven't really gotten that. Like there's there ha- there have been great like the the games that have been great have been these kind of like surprises. Like Steelers Chargers was kind of a surprise. You know, even Vikings Steelers was kind of a surprise. Like nobody went into that like man, nobody talked to me tonight. Like this is going to be great. Like we kind of had some excitement for the Chargers Raiders game, but that only wound up being exciting in the name of mediocrity. Like not really in the in the sense of like this is a great back and forth game. Ravens like, Chiefs Week Two was pretty good. That was okay, fine. So we're one for like 279 or whatever it is. Right. You know what I mean? So like this, this better deliver NFL. You've given us such a weird season with all this crazy crap happening. Give us the, like I have said this for years stats. And the reason I was looking off screen is I was putting the golf tournament on my TV. The, the two best weekends in sports are masters weekend. That's number one. And division around weekend. Generally speaking, these games are electric. That's what I want to see, and I want this to be the most electrifying one of them all. I feel like everybody says that, right? In March, they say the best weekend in sports is the first week of the tournament. I don't know. No, so I don't, I don't, know I don't buy that. No, like that's lame. Like people will be like, whatever the weekend is that has right. like they NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. Like, nah, that's stupid. Here's the thing that also has popped into my head in this game, and maybe it's because I just wrote like 2,300 words for Niners Nation wow. about the history Dragon. of the Niners and Packers Dragon. in the playoffs. Because I don't think people remember in 95, the Niners are the defending Super Bowl champs. They come into Green Bay. They're like, they had one of the best seasons they've ever had. And they're like, we're going to, this is our two peat. This is our repeat. Like, we're going to come back and it's going to be the start of it. And then they lose that game to the Packers. And and that's, you know, a, a stretch there for the Niners that if things turned out differently could have been historically good. Well, Patrick Mahomes is trying to make three straight Super Bowls right now. There's only one other quarterback off the top of my head I can remember that made three straight Super Bowls. I'm sure there's more, but I'm thinking of Jim Kelly. Um, Like, that's historically good. He's competing against the ghosts of the NFL, in addition to everyone that he's actually playing on the field. That's what's at stake here for them. And for Patrick Mahomes, who is off to, you know, arguably one of the greatest starts to a quarterback career in the history of football. And so for him to win this game, I mean, he arguably has more at stake than any other quarterback in these playoffs. So I thought of one. Sorry, I was challenged by you. Um, does it totally count? But um, not Brian Greasy, as people know from the Night Football, but his father, Bob Greasy. Bob. Um, so because I actually thought about this because we're, cel- we're going to celebrate the 50-year anniversary of the Cowboys winning their first Super Bowl. Again, a team of the past, nothing to show for here in the present. Uh, but that means that next year will be the 50-year anniversary of the perfect season. Next season, obviously. Um, and so Bob Greasy, again, you know, so they lost the Super Bowl to the Cowboys in 1971, but then they won back-to-back. Now, Earl Morrill was a part of that perfect season, so I don't know how much you want, not like how much credit you want to give to Bob Greasy, but like my point is like, you know, it's kind of involved. I feel like it did happen a little bit more in the 70s, to be fair. But, right. Um, but the point is, it's an incredible. The point is you were wrong. It's okay. I exposed you. No incredible deal. accomplishment if he were able to pull it off, of course, and we don't know. So you're taking. I will take the bills. You are taking the bills and the points. Man, it, Arrowhead is a brutal place to play, especially in the playoffs. I could see the Chief. Andy Reid loves to come out in, in big games and take a deep shot early. He loves it and I could see him coming out and then getting a big Tyreek Hill touchdown or Travis Kelsey touchdown and that place just levitating off the ground um you're down remember but I don't know you're down okay so let's let's be very clear here you're down three games entering this weekend right right? this is the last game 
that you can differentiate from me on this weekend. Right. After this round of games, there are only three games left. Yeah. And we have so far only disagreed on two. So even if you get them both right, if you take the Bills here, you'll still be down to me by one with three games left. Yeah, see, that's it's tough. I'll come up with some other ways to to make up the bets, though, before the end wow. of the Super Bowl. I'll finagle my way out of that. Um, it's really, really hard to get to the Super Bowl three straight years. There's a reason it hasn't happened in recent NFL history. I don't... Man, it's so hard to pick against the Chiefs, but I think I'm going to take the Bills. I think I'm going to take the Bills and the points. I, I just, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. But this isn't the title game, to be fair. You know what I mean? Like, you're saying, like, make it the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe you're saying, like, you know, the road in general. But I, I um, don't think that they're, I don't care if Cincinnati or Tennessee wins. They're not beating <laughs> either one of these teams. I just don't believe that. So, to me, okay. this is, like I said, the de facto AFC championship game. Oh, I don't feel good about it. I got odds. I'm not going to lie. So you're taking the bills to be. Clear. Yep. I'll take the okay. bills. So we disagree on two games just to keep everybody aware. So I have the lead on stats, but entering the weekend, 15 pick, uh, correct picks to 12. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans um, over the Cincinnati Bengals. You got Cincy. I'm giving you three and a half points. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. You're taking the San Francisco 49ers. I'm giving you six points. So two underdog picks for you stats. Um, as far as the games we just crushed me last week. I mean, you know, so I think you're just you're just chasing ghosts here. I hope you don't curse the Bills by by picking them because I want them to win really badly. So don't ruin this. I, you know, obviously I'm rooting for the 49ers. I want them to win the Super Bowl. But Why? if the 49ers do not win the Super Bowl, there is no fan base I will be rooting for more than the Buffalo Bills fan base. I mean, talk about suffering, making four straight Super Bowls, losing all four, getting absolutely blown out in some of those. Like the Bills fan base, man, they are ride or die. So if the Niners can't make it, I will be rooting for you, for the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to everybody over at Buffalo Rumblings because I'm a good person, RJ. Mm, I mean, I'm all, I've already said that's the team I want to win it all. So you haven't said that yet. Um, you're like, oh, well, they're they're the team I second most want to win. Yeah, because some some of us have teams that are still in the playoffs. I know you don't know what that's like. I understand it. You're not really used to advancing in the playoffs very often recently. So you realize no, you're I'm saying just... the same thing. Like I know I everything you're saying is true because my team is frauds. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm well aware of this. Like you know you know what I feel like stats. And I was thinking about this this morning. I feel like the candlestick in beauty and the beast like be our guests you know what i mean like just be our guests like roast them line up people let's go right. everybody take your shots let's do it because they deserve them i i hope that nobody lets them forget how big of frauds they are i want at least over the course of the next eight months or whatever it is do you know how much life we have to live until they have a chance to prove that they're not frauds do you know how many like haircuts i have to get between now and then like that's just so exhausting to think about Ugh. yeah well wait till you think about this think about how much different your son is going to be by the time cowboy season starts oh. next year you know how many diapers gonna... i have to go through between yeah now well and then? enjoy that i'm getting pretty good at it by the way like i'm you know speed is starting to pick up so he's a boy man it's easy with boys you're in and oh, out in two no seconds. way dude no way you gotta avoid some stuff like you gotta you know dodge duck dip dive and dodge again. no you, you stand out. off to the side with the boy it's not that big trust me i have a daughter now she's 22 months and it you there's some things man you can't always get in and out it's a time-consuming process sometimes okay well you know uh next week on the look ahead we discuss the uh biology of human beings and all of the anatomical processes yeah i'm 
probably not going to do that. All right, everybody, please uh, remember rate review and follow the SB nation NFL show. As always, we like to say, if you take the time to leave a review, we take the time to read it on the show. Feel free to trash the Cowboys. I never get tired of reading those RJ. I hope you can just now at least relax and enjoy the rest of the playoffs a little bit. Everybody else out there, enjoy the playoffs and we will talk to you next week.